wait, I can have fun on this and my mom can? Yeah. Like, 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 wait, no, like if it's- It's like, it's Facebook. <laughs> yeah, like- Welcome back everybody to another episode of Bikes X Bourbon. This is actually episode 11. Episode 11. <laughs> I'm Rush from the Path Less Pedaled. I am Toffer from the Bike Path. Something looks different. It's still me. <laughs> still me. I'm still got 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 the got the you know yeah a little little trim <laughs> a little trim <laughs> a little trim a little trim. It's spring. It's spring. Right. It's Do been some spring cleaning. It's been some years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The vacuum accidentally. <laughs> ah. The floby. Yeah. <laughs> For this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about sea otter, which mm -hmm. is happening as we speak. Um, an article by Bike Snob on Outside uh, Magazine about whether we're really in the golden, golden age, age of cycling or not. And uh, gravel. We'll talk about gravel. We'll talk about and bourbon. also Yeah. And we have a queen of the bourbons. Yes, Laura Crawford, queen of the bourbons. Queen of the bourbons. <laughs> This is from Kentucky. She got this in Kentucky. Yeah, this is not Kentucky straight bourbon. This is straight from Kentucky exactly. bourbon. Uh, we got Rabbit Hole. And it's won awards, you can tell, because it's got uh, things. As you can tell, the bottle is almost half gone. So it's been enjoyed. Um, it is good. We've, we were kind of sampling it. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of, you can't just go straight into bikes and bourbon. You got to Loosen up a little Loosen bit. Loosen up a little bit. So it's we... like, uh, I don't know, stretches for the mind. <laughs> so a rabbit hole. Yeah, so it's just, but it is a, a straight bourbon. I get like a sweetness, but it's, that's not the overarching kind of flavor. There's, oh, yeah. There's like a smokiness to it. Uh, I think I was trying to describe it to you earlier, but it kind of, to me, at <laughs> least, it, it, it tastes like, like incense at Sunday mass. Right. Without the guilt. No. <laughs> I, I just know that that's been so like seared into your memory. Yeah, like I don't know if that's the char from the barrel or something, mm -hmm. but but it's not just it's not like bam sweetness. There's there's things going on. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, yeah. There's definitely some subtlety to it. I think like um, it again. This is one of those ones where like the more you sip on it, the more the more it kind of opens up. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think that I'm gonna have to like sit with a little bit longer because th there's not. There's right. definitely you're like, whoa, yeah. this is like, <laughs> this is interesting. There's something going on here. This is not just yeah. You're super typical. I mean, it is in some ways just a straight bourbon, right? Typical what you would expect, but also you're. But there's there's something you different. You get, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you know, yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. They have earned putting this uh, label little, on yeah, there. Yeah, the dangly bit. So. Yeah. Sea otter is going on, and for our interest in kind of gravelly mm -hmm. bikes, the supple life, mm -hmm. sea otter never really seems. I mean, it seems because it's a mountain like, bike. It's thing, a mountain bike it? thing. But um, it seems like a lot of brands are using it as like almost a product launch event for lots of things. Right, and then I think especially now as like gravel mm -hmm. and mountain, and I mean like a lot of these it's bikes, all it's all kind of mixing, and yeah. like inspiration is being taken from you know one. Mm -hmm like one in one area and kind of used in another. Mm -hmm. And I think that is maybe most prevalent in Niner. Yeah. Because they have they this have prototype uh, <laughs> 3D printed. Is it really? Yeah. No way. Because it's a prototype. Okay. So it's yeah. just like, they basically wanted to see if they could actually like right. put all the bits on it and it would right. like kind of look right and work and like the, all the, like 
it would yeah, come together. Portions, yeah. And so they, so what yeah, is it? it's they like, 3D it's printed it, like in, I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's <laughs> magic. Magic. That's why it's magic carbon. It's just 3D printed. It's essentially like a full suspension gravel bike, yeah. right? Yeah, it has like the rock shocks fork on the front. Yeah. They don't even know how much travel the fork is going to have. Like, that's how proto this is. It's like, we'll print it and see if people crap on it on the internet. Because so. we can do that now. We can just, we have a 3D printer. Yeah. Just... I have to say that's a smarter move than like Canyon with their Grail, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they, sure. should have, they should have 3D printed the Grail and been like, so what do you guys think? Yeah, The hover bars. Right. People would have gone like, oh, good thing you just kind of. Good thing you just printed it. It's not for real. <laughs> Um, Here's a question. Do you think gravel bikes need the full full squish? No. No, I don't. I, I am definitely, I mean, I guess I'm kind of like a, I don't know if it's like purist, retro grouch, like what you want to call that. Just um, makes it more complicated. Yeah, I mean, I th and I think it's like heavier. It's like more uh -huh. stuff to break or to have to fix in right. the field, like when you're on a ride. I guess one of the things that made me think of was your experience with the Redshift, mm -hmm. right? The Redshift stem. Mm -hmm. And that gave you like how much travel? Is uh, like uh, two centimeters to twenty millimeters worth. Yeah, of I mean, like, and that's I think what they're kind of they're saying maybe that this, the stuff that they're putting on this new Niner bike will have like thirty to forty millimeters of travel. And but for a price. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I just don't understand. I, I have mixed feels because I feel like I do think you know what's interesting about this whole gravel thing. Like I feel like in road like stiffness and lightweight and arrow are kind of the right. buzzwords. Right. And in this emerging like gravel space, it's gonna be suppleness, like micro suspension. Right. And um, I don't know, I mean, I, I think we're gonna definitely see more of this. I don't think that like, like you, I don't think it's necessary. I think you can get more kind of functional uh, suppleness out of the tires. You know? right. I'd you love to see stuff. like more tire development. You, you can know? do stuff with tires, you can do stuff with I mean, even just like if you're getting like, I mean, if, if there's something like where you're, you know, like your wrist or your hands or your, you're getting beat up there. I mean, there's different handlebar setups you can try. There's different right. like adding more or less wrapping of your handlebars in different places. I mean, there's yeah. kind of different things. Like if you're trying to just find like little tweaks to maybe like there's other like less expensive options. All this awesome development in the bike world as far as like different kind of like mix, starting to mix styles of bikes. Yeah. It kind of almost gets too crazy because you're just like, well. It's a wild you, west right now. <laughs> well, if you wanted that much squish or like something like on a bike, like you should yeah. maybe ride like a kind of a sportier mountain bike. Right, like, like a, a more, cross country or something. Yeah, um, and you would get, you could run narrower tires on like a cross country mm -hmm. mountain bike. And I think that's where, where a lot of these uh, companies are missing the boat, they want to sell us new stuff and not focus on like things like tires that can actually provide right. you know a lot of suspension without like costing without you know like driving up the price. Right, and I, I will say though, I mean like the uh, the bang for their buck that Niner is getting with like I feel like kind of people are talking about this bike and they yeah. did because they were <laughs> able to like put this product out there. People are talking about them. Test the market. Um, test the market. Like Niner does really interesting things. Mm -hmm. yeah. At Sea Otter, it's kind of a fun place to play. And like, yeah. you're down in California, like they're in Monterey. <laughs> like, there are worse places to, like, yeah, like, to, what to, the to heck? show off your printed throw goods. It out, <laughs> throw it out there and like see what people think. And, I, th I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think it's a smart move from, from Niner to like, you know, test out, you know, proof of concept, put it out in the public, see what the reaction is. And you know, yeah. 
Yeah, something I think like, you know, Canyon should have done. <laughs> the, the whole 3D printing thing is just funny to me and the fact that you can kind of like, I have this idea. Let's, let's, let me I hold made that. Thing. Let me hold it. Like, uh, and like, you can just do that so quickly and it's just absurd. Honestly, I, I, I kind of wanted a 3D printer. I, I, <laughs> I, Cause I have all these like sideways ideas that I just, you know, are in my head. I'd love to see them in like, yeah. You know, like, oh, that's yeah. cool. Or like, or like, or it's not. Yeah. Or like when you go to a meeting, you can like take, or yeah. a bike show, you can actually yeah. take like the thing and be like, hey, uh, do you think this is worthwhile? Right. Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> I have my prototype. Right. Um, so you saw another interesting bike. The Radivus posted about a speed wagon. Speedwagen? Speedwagen. Speedwagen. <laughs> um, that SRAM had at their booth. Mm -hmm. um, SRAM Road had at their booth. And it's a 650B uh, Speedwagen. And was that a road or I assume it's a gravel bike? Yeah, I mean they I mean it has I mean what's kind of interesting so like Speedwagon does these kind of custom limited runs where you you like pre-order and mm -hmm. right. but I mean the way that they're selling it is like they have like the 650B by 47 byways mm -hmm. on there and which is a nice I haven't ridden those tires but it seems like be good. They, I feel I feel like uh, I haven't done the formal review yet. I feel like it's eighty percent to like the Compass um, Switchback Hill. Okay, comes with fenders. Oh really? Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a Portland bike, so yeah, I guess they kind of like a, it's like a nod to right, like so six so six fifty B Supple Life is coming to its own apparently. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I mean, they, I mean yeah. I mean, Speedwagon got SRAM to put it in their booth at Sea Otter. Yeah. That's like main. It's that mainstream that like you can yeah. kind of take a. <laughs> a road bike to sea otter. Right. And, and people like, are like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> like, it makes sense. I see what you're doing. Like, it's not just that like this is a standard and we mm -hmm. should just go along with it because it's like the best. Right. It's like, no, those different tire sizes can make sense. There's a purpose for having the, the There's the, a purpose. The and so I think that people are recognizing that. So it's like, oh, I shouldn't, we shouldn't like stop production of 26 inch tires because that's not cool anymore. Right. It serves a purpose and we should offer those because there will be an audience for them. Right. Um, yeah, my biggest fear is that, you know, people will look at 650B as like a fad or a trend or something, but, you know, this is, like, I've been wanting tires and bikes that use these tires for like over a decade. Right. You know, and it's like, I think, you know, they, they serve, uh, well, you know, like a specific, you know, type of rider and like a, a style of riding. So. Well, this is what... Okay, do you want to read the comment? Yeah, so Travis wrote to us and said, I was thinking about getting a gravel bike. Great idea. Mm -hmm. But the part of Virginia I live in doesn't really have gravelish terrain. Mm -hmm. Should I still get one for my daily commuter and winter rides? Yeah. But I like that type of thing. I was like, it's like, yeah. Like, even if you don't take it on gravel roads a lot, even right. if you maybe only do that every so often to go on some ride that you want to go right. on, the kind of uh, specific thing, like, yeah, as a commuter, these would be a really comfortable, yeah. fun bike to ride. Where's that book? Um, uh, coming up on PLP Talks, I interviewed uh, Nick Legan, author of Gravel Cycling. Ooh. And we actually talked about this idea that if you, you know, I mentioned it in the rant, if you took the word, <laughs> if you took the word gravel out of the, you know, phrase gravel bike, what you have is a people's bike. Yeah, you have a bike that's not super aggressive, a bike that's comfortable, a bike that will take bigger tires, so it's more plush, more supple, and it has, you know, mm -hmm. most of them have, um, you know, the, the, the fittings for rack and fenders. Yep. yep. So it's kind of like the everyman's road bike. You know, it's, forget about the gravel and adventure for a second. 
but uh, you know, as Travis Waters asked, should you get one? Absolutely, even if you don't ride gravel, just change the tires to uh, kind of suit the terrain. And I think yeah. you know, you'll find and other people will find that it's a good like everyday drop bar bike. Yeah. So another reader comment, which another, one are you gonna read? I was gonna go up here for us. Let's do that, that's Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because I was thinking about, um, I, uh... So I'll read the comment. Tommy Friedlander. <laughs> yeah, well, a, let's get the comment and then I'll, yeah. I'll say my As a, my as piece. a, <laughs> Tommy Friedlander, as a self-professed bike nerd, it seems you'd want to pronounce bike component, component makers' names correctly. Seems like you, <laughs> seems like seems you might, like, yeah. maybe. So uh, specifically, uh, it's not a big deal. Just saying, Sagino mm -hmm. is uh, Sagino. Sagino, not not Sagino. Not Sagino. It's Sagi, like uh, like the butter substitute. So, okay. So assuming that's right, uh, <laughs> Sagino is Sagino. Did you know that? Well, I did not. I did not. I, um, I, I've butchered many a bike name. I well, used to call so, it. <laughs> so what we need to do, like, we're going to start a website that is bike pronunciations. That would and we're going to get audio recordings of people saying right. all of the brands um, because there's, uh, I mean, talking about the SRAM Road Boost. Is it SRAM? Is it, is it, are we scramming? <laughs> Did you scram? Is it the scram? Is it the SRAM? Is it the SRAM? So, you know. So we don't, we, yeah. Yeah, I still remember like, it, like that's actually one of the things that, that bugged me as like a newbie cyclist was like you'd see bike brands, right? Like for the longest time, like I would see Bianchi and I would pronounce it Binacci or I don't know where that yeah. would come from or right. like, um, you know, like the LA, I'd be the Ali's. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, you, you don't know what you don't know, you know, not, and it's like yeah. you can, okay, bust people's balls about it if they don't know, but you know. It's... And we're always willing to be, um, I'm always Apparently, happy to be corrected and I'm always happy to keep pronouncing it the way I always have, which is <laughs> the wrong way. Right. Um, like there's just words that like, are you even like common English words that like right. I just never, uh, you know, I just read them in books. Right. And I never had anybody pronounce them. Yeah, you, them. Hear, you hear your voice <laughs> So your own them. voice, you just figure out however you pronounce it. And so whenever you read it, you know what you're talking about. Right. And then you're talking to somebody else and it's like... They look at you funny. Yeah, they look at you funny because they're like, what's that? And like so, paniers, paniers, pannier. Yeah, so know. there's just certain, certain. I think that's, that's fine. And that's what's great about community. Right. Um, there's people that will help you along and correct you. Right. Uh, so I'd love to know, like, actually, like, what are the bike brands or bike terms that you guys have mispronounced? Leave those in the comments below. Like, I don't Shram know. is definitely one that. Yeah. Because I say it Shram. Shram. I see. Yeah, I see. It's, but I've heard like SRAM or S. Or I don't know. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Or also like. A, I always feel like. Like Mozzie. Like some people pronounce it like the S is a Z and some people are like, it's a mossy. The Sea Otter, amazing bikes, lots of, you know, strange combinations. Um, in some ways, a golden age in cycling. Yeah, right? I mean, all these things that are in happening. In terms of like, you know, for the consumer, like the technology, you know, electronic shifting, yeah. you know, you can have, you know, wide range doubles, yep. uh, supple tires. So I, I think like the gear, um, is that, you know, I don't know if it's at its peak, but it's really interesting times. Uh, Bike Snob recently yeah. read an article on uh, Outside Online that, that said, yes, there is that, but is it really the golden age of cycling? And the thing that he brings up is, um, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I love, like, he brings up gravel cycling. He right. says, you know, yes, you can ride off-road, these gravel roads, 
but in some ways it's kind of a response to like the predatory nature of our streets. You know, we're riding on gravel roads because we're afraid of getting killed by cars and traffic. Uh, so kind of two sides of the coin. I mean, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess my initial reaction was like, yes, I can understand like why you people maybe are less likely to do road centuries and try to find right. gravel centuries to do and things like that. Like, I get that, but I think also maybe I don't have this statistic exactly right, but I mean, I feel like there's more commuters exactly. and people commuting more. Um, so the exposure in so, general. So is like, but I mean, definitely, like I think it's. I mean, with just with social media, it is easier to see safety stuff. And I, I also like, so like one of the most common fears for, for cyclists, new cyclists, or I think like when you see the studies, mm -hmm. the studies, the science, <laughs> they say like fear, like right. like safety yeah. is the biggest reason why people like are because... hesitant to cycle or like they don't go out as often or right. they say safety. But then it's also like we're told that like it's a kind of like a feedback loop that's almost created because then like bike brands are always creating right. new ways to be safe. <laughs> like Garmin's like weird radar stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like it's kind of like I, I mean, you're, if you're always being told that you're not really safe, um, and then of course, I mean, distracted drivers are like a real thing. I don't, I'm not trying to like, mm -hmm. um, as somebody who bikes a lot of places with like my three-year-old with me on my bike, yeah. I'm definitely aware <laughs> of like keeping him safe. And but I feel like for me, like, I don't know if it's because I'm just plugged into like a cycling feedback loop and news, but I just seem to hear about more crashes or, um, you know, just fatalities. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's more frequent. Yeah. And I don't know if like it actually is or if, yeah, because my, my newsfeed is so curated to, to serve that to me, but it seems like a more dangerous place on the road. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, so, I, I mean, I, that's perception. I don't know if that's reality. Yeah, no, it, it I mean, yeah. definitely like that's a, that's like a real concern. That's a real thing. And so I definitely think that that's, I mean, I think that when I think about routes, like for fun, when I'm like, I want to have fun on my bike and I want right. to go out. <laughs> um, I do think like, well, I want to get off the road as soon as possible. Like, right. I don't want to just be like, grinding out more than I have to on right. a, yeah. uh, on the shoulder, on the narrow shoulder <laughs> of a road. And so there's something to be said for the fact that roads are like less safe and that maybe prevents us from living in like a true golden age. Yeah. Um, the one thing I didn't understand and I wanted him to flesh out and I also want to just acknowledge <laughs> before going any further <laughs> that um, Bike Snob is a dude. Right. We're two guys talking <laughs> so like there's and he was he brought up like women in cycling, yeah. And like how Susan B. Anthony was like talking about the empowerment of the bicycle, and like, yeah. and then I was like, but then he kind of like brought that up, and then he didn't really flush that out. flush that out. And right. so I was wondering like that aspect of it too. As I far think as it was, I, age, like I, I didn't know what to make of that because that was like, oh, that's an interesting point. And I was like, wait, what's the point? Like, I think he was looking uh, for a place to shoehorn that quote. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good quote. Such a good quote. And it's about golden age, empowerment, feeling. You know, it's about word count, man. <laughs> Outside online was like 700 words. And he's like, bam, Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> I could throw, I could, anytime I could throw Susan B. Anthony in here, yeah. I'm gonna do it. Like one of the big attractions to like graveling, uh, graveling, to, to gravel riding <laughs> and bikepacking is a lack of traffic. You know, yeah. so, in oh, some, yeah. and so in some ways it is kind of, you know, like a response to the predatory nature of, of roads. But it's also because like, that's where like, I feel like the more interesting riding is. You know, you get great vistas, it takes you a little bit further. Right. The other thing about, yeah, definitely. Because mm -hmm. I am not a very good like technical mountain biker. Right. Like, 
<laughs> I, You're better than me. <laughs> I just, I'm like, and like that's not always like technical stuff is not always the most fun for me. Like I like a little bit yeah. of like a flowier trail, which is why gravel descents are like, just like a sweet spot for me. And like, right. I just like, you have kind of road to play with. So like if your line kind of stops with like a rut, you can kind of, you have multiple options. You're not just right. kind of like all of a sudden in a rut. Like you might be on a some single track. It's not super technical. It's not super technical. So you're still having like fun doing it. You're not feeling like, yeah. oh, I'm not riding these switchbacks very fast and I'm getting frustrated. And... That's that's my big attraction to it. Cause I like, I'm a newbie mountain biker. So whenever I'm on like single track, all I see is like the narrow line and single track. Yeah. Like I have no like appreciation of the surroundings. Right. But when we go on gravel rides, like the, like the one that we did yesterday, it's like, you know, it's it's technical enough to be interesting, yeah, but, keep but, not, but not so technical that you can't like soak in the environment. Right. That you can't appreciate like the landscape you're going right. through. Whereas like when, if, if that were like on super technical technical single track, I'd just be like, uh, all I- Am I keeping my wheel? Am I holding it would, my It would be the dirt version of like, you know, trying to ride on the, the, the fog line on yeah. a paved road. <laughs> right. It's a place where mountain bikers and road cyclists can meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. You know, it might seem a little too too tame for for mountain bikers, but at the same time, you know, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit more aerobic output. And for for pure road cyclists, it might seem well, there's some I, some yeah, technicalness yeah. to it. I could see, and I could see like gravel or or the dirt road riding almost like being a nice gateway for people getting into mountain biking. Right. Because I feel like if you tell people like we're gonna go on a mountain bike ride, they're like. Right. <laughs> no, no, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm gonna like garden today. Yeah. Uh, and if you're like, hey, we're gonna go like on this gravel ride, they're kind of like, oh, like I can do that on my bike. Right. Like, on my on this like right. road bike or like, oh, if I if I do my, that on my mountain bike, I'm gonna like it'll be really right. smooth and easy. So, yeah. um, it's it's a good middle ground. It's a good middle ground, and so I I see why people like doing it. And I, and sometimes I think though that 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 being that middle ground, mm -hmm. I mean that is part of like the golden age is that like we're like we're not being force fed, mm -hmm. like the like like we've talked about a lot on this show, we're not being like force fed the pro peloton anymore. Right. Of yeah. like you want a carbon bike and you want all this stuff and it's like, I mean I think part of the golden age is that like we're not being sold that stuff as much anymore. You right. can there's other markets there's other niches for you to like mm -hmm. explore to get away from that. So what, so one of the things I, I asked uh, Nick, Legan, uh, which will soon be on PLP Talks, is um, will like he, he was talking about Dirty Kansas uh, specifically. Um, you know, I think he, he said he did his first DK in 2011, and uh, at that time. You know, it didn't have any um, <clears throat> attraction to pro cyclists. Oh, so there right. were people that you know finished first, top ten uh, back then, but would never be top ten now. Right. Just because you have people like uh, what's the name, Ted, Ted King, yep. um, another pro cyclist riding it, and like so the front end of the group has gone super fast. And I asked him if like he felt that would kind of take away from the scene because you know would it feel like somehow invaded by I don't know. Would it would feel less grassroots? I don't think so. That's what I. That's what he says. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> that people will self-select like events, yeah. but the, but there's always going to be the people like you know mid-pack and pack riders that will go for their own reasons. Right. Do you think we'll ever see like a, a like a pro cyclist like tackle something like the Trans Am race and what that would do to? I don't know that whole. Well, they, I mean, I or don't even know. stuff like the like the Great Divide Tour Divide, which is going to kick off in a couple months. Right. Well, you see like the. 
I mean, you already see like Lael, I feel like pushing things and you see, mm -hmm. I mean, like there's that, that Godspeed movie. Have you, mm -hmm. have you seen the trailer for that? Mm -mm. It's like, it's about the race across America. Okay, Ram. And it's just like, those guys <laughs> are like super intense and like they are, yeah. you know, doing um, what, you know, people might take, you know, two, two and a half months to do and they're doing it in like, 17 days. Yeah, days. like two, yeah. yeah, two weeks. I mean, so I mean, it all, I mean, there's already some of that happening. Right. Um, I would be curious to see, like if, if like Ted King or like Lachlan Morton or like uh, Phil Gaiman, you know, sure. you know, former pro Peloton cyclist took on something like the Trans Am or Tour Divide, uh, you know, what they would be capable of, capable of and like what it would do to the rest of the event. Like would they attract more pro cyclists or would like the, the amateur like endurance athlete be turned off or, I don't know, interesting times. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess to me, it's always kind of like, I don't know, it's like whenever your like favorite band signs to a major label. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, they're so much better when they're right. like, I heard them when they played right. like the small club and there was like six of us there Yeah, um, compared to. There is that phenomenon when something gets too popular or like the wrong people start attending the show, like it, you kind of loses, you kind of lose interest in it. I mean, I'm also going to see Pearl Jam. <laughs> so there is something like that you, I mean, once again, like I don't think yeah. it has to be cut and dry. Like, right, right, right. ah, like you've ruined this for me. Like, uh, no, because like, um, I think gravel dirt riding will always, like will remain popular after it maybe recedes in other places because we have that type of riding here. Right. And so, like, why would you not take advantage of it? Yeah. Um, and like in the Midwest too, and there's just so many options for that. It's like, yeah. of course you'll do it, but I could see where some of those trends will like morph into other things. I mean, I think that's why like really fat bikes and like maybe the more like plus bikes yeah. are popular, like more, like, I think are retaining more mm -hmm. popularity than fat bikes. Cause it's like fat bikes are kind of like a really super niche and right. they were cool and they like caught people's attention and it was right. like yeah. mind blowing what they were, but then it's like, oh, that maybe could be, could we refine it? Right. And so I think some things will be taken and yeah. people will race and people will do races that are stupid long distances on right. weird fast bikes and you're just right. like, oh. <laughs> Well, there's always like, you know, like in, in everything, there's always like the, ex the extreme yeah. and then you reel it back just a little bit and that's where it ends up landing. Mm. And like for mm. me, like I hope, like I don't think like in terms of like gravel cycling and hopefully 650, 650B as a trend, uh, I don't think it's a fad, right. personally, and I think it'll be here to stay because I think once people get on these bikes or try this kind of riding, they'll realize that it's like, it's pretty accessible. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like it's more natural to ride a comfortable drop bar bike with big tires on like a gravel road than it is to like kit up and do like hot laps, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, we have another... So what's the last comment? I love, I love that we should just end every segment like, <laughs> and that's why bikes are awesome. Bam. <laughs> All right. Um, that's how I feel. So this is from a comment from Le Monster One. Great com conversation about cycling in this edition. My take on adventure cycling is that it is much more versatile than being either a roadie or a hardcore mountain biker. And that's true. Like I feel like, you know, yeah. like now there's this emergent like middle it's being under or historically underserved, but now that you know it has a bike and like kind of a lifestyle surrounded around it, then we're going to see more stuff develop around it. Uh, not having to drive your bike to destination to meet up with your fellow quote unquote tribe members is awesome benefit 
of do-it-all adventure bikes. Adventure bikes. Mm -hmm. That the ability to ride anywhere with appropriate gearing makes for much fun. Thanks for thanks for too much bourbon. Thanks for continuing to push this content out there. Or can you just not read? Uh oh, have we learned something about Russ this episode? Yeah, it's all like phonetics. <laughs> not actual words, just like phonetic symbols. That's why we mispronounce things so much. Right, I didn't have the right phonetics for uh, Sagino. <laughs> so the point is, uh, what's the point? So there's, so the point is we, we live in the exciting times, maybe a golden age, yeah. but definitely one where, you know, there's this big kind of thing happening between road and between pure mountain, right. everyday cycling, ad everyday adventure cycling. And it's, it's cool. Right. I mean, one of the things is like, these are bikes that like, I want to go out and explore on, but I also like, it's like my mom should be riding this bike because it's like right. a comfortable yeah. Yeah. bike to ride on and you don't have to get some um, like a big cruiser anymore right. to get like some suppleness in the, t you know, to get yeah. a little bit of like yeah. uh, suppleness out of the tires. You can, uh, you can just kind of do these other things. So it's like, but I think that's also hard to market or that can be confusing to people that it's like, wait, I can have fun on this and my mom can, yeah. like, 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 wait, no, like if it's, it's like, it's Facebook. <laughs> yeah, like that's not, it's, if my mom does it, it's not cool. And it's like, no, these bikes are cool for everyone. Rabbit hole. Uh, it's it's very quickly dis disappearing into What's, your rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Oh, it's, it's good. It's so good. It I is, don't even. Yeah. I, mean, I, think like, I, I think I'm getting, I think there, there's I, a reason it has the, the double gold, mm -hmm. like uh, dingly bits. Anyway, I think we've had too much bourbon. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us today. Oh. And uh, once again, keep the supple side down. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>